0: Hey, and welcome to episode 26 of Monster Kid Radio, the podcast where we celebrate the classic and sometimes not-so-classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I am Derek M. Cook, and I'm excited to bring you part two of our talk. About Vincent Price here on Monster Kid Radio. You all picked it when you voted for Vincent Price in the poll over at the Facebook page. You guys and gals wanted to hear my top three Vincent Price movies. I didn't want to do it by myself, so we have Larry Underwood, aka Dr. Gang Green, joining us this week to talk about Vincent Price. And in this episode, you're going to hear my top three and his top three Vincent Price films. Let's kind of talk a little bit about Vincent Price's influence and impact on horror, pop media, pop culture, all of that maybe even talk a little bit about Johnny Depp and a sitcom from the 70s. You'll have to listen to it to find out what we say. The song that you heard at the top of the show was Borgo Pass from the band The Coffin Daggers. It appears on their album Monsters from the Id. It appears by permission of The Coffin Daggers. You can find out more about them over at CoffinDaggers.com. You'll hear the song in its entirety at the end of the show. Make sure you head over to monsterkidradio.net for all of the information about this episode and previous episodes, links to the various bands that have appeared on the show in the past, as well as our contact information. I mentioned our Facebook presence. We have both a page and a group, and I appreciate everybody who's liked the page and joined the group, and I appreciate all the reviews we've been getting on iTunes. We got another one since this last episode went out. Really appreciate it. If you haven't done so yet and you are an iTunes user, we'd love a review over there. Of course, you can listen to us on Stitcher Radio through your smartphone, or stream us directly from our website, or our behind-the-scenes bare-bones website at monsterkidradio.libson.com. You know, I'm excited to get right into this top three list, so here we go. Part two of our Vincent Price discussion with Larry Underwood. Let's do it. moment ago you said we could just sit here and talk about this is my favorite movie well we're about to do that because we've got a top three countdown of our favorite vincent price films and and i'm going to go first so that you know when we we get down to the end you get the last say with your number one but we're going to count down from three to one my number three is one that I wouldn't necessarily consider a straight-up horror movie, but I still love it because I think Price does an amazing job as an actor in this film. Plus, it's an interesting little story. It's 1946's Shock. Hello, this is Mrs.
1: Stewart. Did my
2: husband come in?
1: No, thank you.
3: Mrs. Stewart, I'm your friend, I'm here to help you. This delusion is quite common among mental cases in an institution of this sort.
1: Are you trying to tell me my wife is out of her mind?
3: I'm going to try to find something that will convince her that she's insane
1: understand that nothing the matter with me. i want the police that doctor's a murderer right,
4: you go back to bed and we'll call him
1: but don't talk to me as if i were crazy i'm telling you the truth
0: i like the story to begin with but i really like this movie because i feel like it gives price an opportunity to play everything you know he's the killer mm-hmm. he's the the doctor he's the healer he's the guy who's trying to get away with it he's the adulterer he's got a lot of regret it's all over the place and i really enjoyed the movie the print that i just recently saw is awful because it's a public domain film which means you're going to see some terrible prints of it but uh i I really enjoyed the film are you familiar with shock
2: i am and i was going to bring up the fact that that being a public domain film that's sort of one that a lot of horror hosts tend to be a mainstay you know tend to show that one a lot Mm -hmm. and it it is really good it's one of the ones that i always list as you know there's a handful of Public domain movies that are above and beyond the rest, you know, Night of Living Dead and blah blah blah. But that's definitely right up there on my list of the top of the PD flicks, and it is a really solid movie. He yeah. plays it. He is a, a villain. He is a bad guy. He is a murderer in it. Mm-hmm. It's more of a, I guess, a murder mystery or, um, I guess, a thriller.
0: Yeah, it's kind of thriller. There might be some noir elements to it, but it's kind of a thriller, psychological kind of thing. I mean, it wasn't Mm -hmm. by Universal, but I think it was by Fox. So, you know, it's 1940s Fox, so it has that kind of thriller, dark vibe to it. By all rights, it probably shouldn't be a public domain film because it was produced by Fox. But, you know, it's it's every once in a while a movie slips through. Did you ever show Mm it? Yes. Yes, I did show that one. So that's a good one. So that's my number three. I really like it. So easy to get your hands on and maybe – You can find a good print. What's your number three? My number three, I'm going to go with William Castle's House on Haunted Hill.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: Uh, I'm Vincent Price you're invited to my party in the house on Haunted Hill, where so far the ghosts have murdered only seven people. <coughs> so won't you come and make it eight? You'll see human heads without bodies. <coughs> Mysterious pools of blood dripping from the ceiling. The walls move slowly in against you. Don't try to escape, you can't. No. Are you ready, dear? Yes, damn you. The ghosts are waiting, so won't you join me in the house on Haunted Hill? Hurry. or you'll be late for your own
2: funeral. To me, it's sort of the quintessential. Vincent Price film. When I think of Vincent Price, I think of him, you know, in the suit and introducing the host of the evening and, you know, again, the dapper image and just the whole setup. I'm a huge William Castle fan as most classic horror movie lovers are. Mm -hmm. And this is one of his best known and, and one of those he's most famous for. It's one that there's some question whether it's in the public domain. I know a lot of horror hosts do show it. It's technically... I think it may have slipped out of public domain, but whatever. It's a great movie, and you can definitely find copies of it all over the internet if you've never seen it. You know, it's got the old, the classic old dark house, mm-hmm. uh, haunted house stuff, and it's one that William Castle did in, in his gimmicks, Emerjo, where he had a plastic skeleton fly out over the the audience just <laughs> as the uh, skeleton emerged from the pit of acid in the movie. So yeah. Good stuff, you know.
0: Um, th- this is the classic image of Price in the suit with the cigarette, with the thin little mustache, with the hair just right. I mean, mm-hmm. it is the quintessential image of Vincent Price, and, and it really is because it was public domain. I wasn't aware that it might have that somebody might have emerge with the rights for that. Well, but I think it's easy Wade Williams
2: and a couple other guys are claiming that they own it. And there's some question now, you know, I was talking with the owner of Alpha Video about this recently, that there is some question. I mean, it's probably still okay to, to use it, but it looks like it's one of those that's kind of on the radar to be pulled off at some point, that someone's really? trying to claim ownership. You know, this happens so often, every so often that someone will claim that they own something and if they can prove it, then, you know, there's uh, a credit to Wade Williams in the back of Ed Wood for he claims he owns Planet Nine from Outer Space. Whether he really does or not, who knows? But huh. he's somewhat litigious, so people tend to steer clear when he says he owns things.
0: You know, I, and, and this could spin off into a whole different kind of conversation that I actually think would be good to have you on and for uh, about public domain films because I'm working with a film company as well right now who has had dealings with various companies who think movies are public domain and well, they're nods and, and that sort Mm -hmm. of thing, which it's fascinating to me. Bottom line, though, as far as this conversation goes, if you can find house on haunted Hill right now,
2: grab it. (laughs) Yeah. It's in 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 a whole bunch of the box sets. I mean, you can get it in the, which again would, would play into the theory of it being public domain. You know, it's in a lot of those box sets. It's on YouTube. It's on archive.org. You can find it anywhere right now. So, Definitely go watch it. It's a fun one.
0: What did you think of the remake?
2: I didn't care for it. Really? Yeah, no.
0: Didn't I didn't care much for it at all. What were your thoughts about Jeffrey Rush's portrayal of the Vincent Price character?
2: You know, I'm a Jeffrey Rush fan. I like the guy. I think he has tremendous range. I think he's a great actor. He was okay. He just was a little flat for me, personally. You know, it just, I don't know. I don't know who you cast in that role, really. Whoever. That's true. Does that role almost has to do a total different approach to make it work because anybody that tries to just uh, reproduce what Price did is going to come off as either campy or second rate. I mean, you're just not, you can't replicate it. So I would have kind of spun it totally differently.
0: I don't know. So that character should have been more of a, like a game green type than a Vincent Price type. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> no, definitely, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, my number two, talking about Corman, talking about Price, And people who know me know that I have a huge love for all things Lovecraft. So I'm going to go The Haunted Palace. Mm.
4: You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. The Haunted Palace. You, who find a kind of macabre joyousness in the horrifying, will enjoy yourselves as in ecstasy in The Haunted Palace. Starring Vincent Price, a being who lived and died and lives again. I'll not have my fill of revenge until this village is a graveyard. And intriguing Deborah Paget, whose appealing beauty inflames the blood of the bloodless... Charles, please. Well, I've been very busy, but I'm back now. Charles. Oh, no. I've the whole no. night before. No. 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 His violent, no. torturous passions inflict no. both pain and terror. Lon Chaney, carrying on a family tradition of masterful motion picture horror while the strange and feared new master of the haunted palace reaches for the skeleton of one long dead.
3: You see? He's taken her mind, her soul, just like the others. This is our great... Years, I'm entitled to a few small amusements.
0: You yeah, have Vincent Price in there as Charles Dexter Ward. It was originally publicized as an Edgar Allan Poe story, but it's really a Lovecraft piece. It's based on a Lovecraft story. You've got Lon Chaney Jr. in there. It's Got some great music. I'm a huge fan of this film. I think the colors and the cinematography of this thing uh, is just fantastic. The extras all look great. The background makeup looks great. Huge fan of The Haunted Palace. So that's my number two.
2: Oh, it's good. I watched it last night, as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah. I found it. Yeah, I found a copy on VHS for two and a half bucks. So yeah, I, I scooped it up and came home and said, like, you know, I'm going to rewatch that and see if maybe I want to put it on my top ten list. And, you know, I did a top ten Vincent Price countdown on YouTube. Yeah. And um, so that series is there if people want to see it. That one's not on my top ten list. It could easily be on my top ten list. The thing about a top ten list for me is that it could change honestly from day to day. I mean, yeah. it's really top ten at the moment. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I like so many of his of, of his movies, and that one. I really like because of the Lovecraft tie-in. You you do have Lon Chaney Jr. in it, although it's a smaller role. You know, he doesn't really get to do much, but it's nice to see him. It's nice to see two of them together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I talked about this when we talked about the uh, Rolling Stone top 20 best monster movies of all time list a couple of weeks ago. And it's so hard as monster movie fans. And I don't find this with like people who love romances or historical dramas or whatever, but there's something about us monster kids where we just cannot make up our damn mind. You know, we try to put together a top 10 list and we might have one or two that's always right there. But then from day to day, from moment to moment, well, I like this one better today. I think yep. this one belongs here and I'm going to take this one off and shuffle all it around. It's impossible. And, and I'm sure if we were recording this tomorrow, my top three list will probably change. <laughs>
2: Easily good. You know, although I am sticking pretty much to what I did on YouTube on my list. This, yeah. this, that one unfortunately did not make my, top three
0: well, that's okay i still top like it but you know but
2: it's, I, I like it too just uh, a number 20 vincent price film is still higher than number one on a lot of other people's lists
0: so. oh so you put it down at number 20
2: <laughs> no i wouldn't put it that low Come on
0: now. i mean i know 10, we're friends but top 10 or 12 for sure
2: <laughs> well what's your number two my number two i'm gonna go with witch general mm. um from 1968 mm.
1: With the tranquillity of rural England shattered by civil war, evil was spawned at a time of strife in the land. Take him, Stern. Look for the devil's marks upon him. Right. Help you two. Hounding the innocent in violence and terror, this evil man showed no mercy in the pursuit and interrogation of his victims. He was called the Finder General. And amidst the horror of the witch hunt, a story of tender young love. Didn't your uncle just say you must hurry it to bed? He did. And isn't he a wise man? He is. But even their innocence is cruelly corrupted by the vile touch of the Witchfinder General. My motive in coming here was to find the truth. Vincent Price is the Witchfinder General. Lust and greed were his only gods. The money from the magistrate. Nine guineas in silver. Good. Now we can leave. Ian Ogilvy as Richard Marshall... He stood alone against the forces of devilish destruction. And it is in thy sight, O Lord, that I hereby swear I shall not rest from the pursuit of his murderers, till they stand before thee, ready to answer to thee for their sins. Rupert Davies as John Lowes. Master Marcel, welcome. Patrick Weimark as Oliver Cromwell. Amongst the most pleasurable aspects of victory gentlemen is the opportunity it affords to reward valour. It rags almost with good food. And Wilfrid Bramble. And uh, what line of business might you be in? God's business, witch finding. Witch finding, oh, that's nice, that's very nice. And introducing Hilary Dwyer as Sarah. Filmed in authentic detail and photographed with piercing realism against the actual background of peaceful villages and quiet countryside. Never has England looked so beautiful, yet been so violent. I'm your man friend. John Stern, they call me. Man's inhumanity to man portrayed on the screen so vividly that you flinch, so real that you too will fear the Witchfinder General. Ah! Ah! Be the first to see it.
2: Be the first to talk about it. The Witchfinder General. Vincent Price, this is easily one of his top performances he ever pulled off there's no camp in this movie whatsoever and no. that's exactly at the behest of the director Michael Reeves he plays the real life witchfinder General Matthew Hopkins a man who in Europe uh, in England during the I guess it was the British Civil War or something along those lines um, used kind of the chaos of the of the moment to kind of he went on a crusade against witchcraft and he tortured and killed some people say as many as 300 women over the period of time that he was doing this. I mean, it puts the Salem witch trials and uh, stuff that went on in Boston way to shame. I mean, this guy was yeah. a bad dude, and that's what the movie's about. The movie was a little controversial because of the amount of violence in it. And, I mean, there's a rape in the in the movie. There's a, a lot of violent acts in the movie. You know, there's a lot of torture scenes And um, it's it's a brutal little movie, and Price just, man, he just plays one of the most evil roles of his career in this, Mm -hmm. really gets a chance to show off his acting, and the director stayed on his ass to keep the camp out. I mean, he was constantly, they did not get along during the making of this movie. There's a, a lot of history recorded on this movie, a lot that you can read about and find out behind the scenes on this movie. It's one of those that has been really well researched, and... It's fascinating to go back and kind of read the struggle that went on between Price and Reeves during the making of this movie. And they butted heads from day one. Reeves was being a real ass. He did yeah. not want Price in this role originally. Uh, he wanted Donald Pleasance. And then when the studio forced Price on him, um, he was determined to kind of make life difficult for Price. So it was, it's interesting, but you can't argue the end result because it's a great film.
0: Uh, it just had a Blu-ray release, uh, let's see, over in the UK, I don't think last year, maybe the year before. It wasn't too long ago. And the Blu-ray looks phenomenal. Uh, it, it looks great. It's got both versions of the film. Uh, it was released as the Conqueror Worm at one point. I don't know, was that the American title and then Witchfinder General was the UK title?
2: Yeah, they stuck the the name of the Poe poem, Conqueror Worm, on there for... They, they said they were trying to tie it in with the Corman Poe series of films. Mm-hmm. So they threw you know threw that title on there. Although I really doubt anybody knew that was a Poe work, you know, Conqueror
0: Worm. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> yeah, and it has but, nothing to do with the movie. Nothing. No, I mean, there's, there's a bit of narration by Price. I believe it's by Price that where he's reading the poem. But that's mm-hmm. it, you know, and that's yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. I like it as Witch Friend yeah. in general. I like it so much yeah. that it's actually my number one. Which Final oh, Jump is wow. my number one. So I'm sitting here Excellent. just nodding along as you're talking about how great it is. It's probably the closest Vincent Price ever came to doing a Hammer-style film because it is mm-hmm. that kind of – you know that, that era. There's a little bit of gothicness in there. Uh, it's a costume piece. It is – it's brutal. Like you said, it's brutal, especially at the end. Uh, it's – Oh, yeah. I mean – The ending, man.
2: It's just wow. – it like a punch in the in the forehead. I mean it really is just kind of like holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. not a happy tied-up-with-a-bow ending no,
0: at all. It's a fierce ending. And I think the conflict between Reeves and Price, like you said, you can't argue with the end result. I don't know if there's a tension on set, if it just made Price that much more angry that he could funnel into his character. But, mm-hmm. man, it's such a great film. And Price is not the guy that I first saw on The Muppet Show with Kermit the Frog in this thing. I mean, he no. is an evil dude. And... From what I'm gathering, probably the furthest away from Vincent Price's real personality is any role he's ever played. Uh, yeah. But, uh, man, it's such a great film, and the music's wonderful. It was released uh, not by Hammer, not by Amicus, but by one of the other. Trigon? Is that who put that I'm one out? Not sure. Yeah. yeah one, one of the the UK studios that was trying to find their way in the wake of Hammer, and if people haven't had a chance to see it and you have the ability to play a Blu ray from the UK, I don't know what region it is, I highly recommend you check out that Blu ray because it's just phenomenal.
2: You know, the director stayed on his case. And like I said, it, this is well documented that every time Vincent would start slipping into one of his kind of, you know, his campy little mannerisms, the, the director would just stop and go, Stop it. You're doing it again. Stop it. And he would just stay, rode him, you know, mercilessly. And, you know, had Price done his campy, Routine, the movie would still be a good movie. It would just be really different, you know, and it would not have the impact, uh, and the emotional impact, I think, that it does now. It would still be an enjoyable movie, but it would not be probably one of the top three
0: movies. It wouldn't um, be my number one.
2: Yeah, had it, had he not played it straight.
0: Agreed. You know? Agreed. And the other performers in the movie are great, too, but it's so hard, I would think, to be in a Vincent Price movie, especially come the 50s and 60s, because Vincent mm-hmm. Price is just so good, you know, for better or worse, I'm sure he casts a shadow over everything that, you know, is going on around him. So, you know, I'm sure it was tough to be a, a co-star of his. But the rest of yeah. the cast on this thing is, is great as well. It's just such a good movie. Well, apparently, when they had
2: it planned for Donald Pleasance, he was going to be kind of like a bumbling, inefficient type Witchfinder General. He was not going to be the, you know, just the ruthless kind of uh, – stern, business first, everything, you know, that that Vincent Price is, that they had it totally planned with a different type character. But then once they got Price forced on them, they kind of went back and rewrote the script. So it would have been different had Pleasance been in the role as well.
0: I can't imagine that. I mean, I like Donald Pleasance, but, God, I can't imagine that movie with him in that role. I mean, even if he was kind of a bumbling kind of, wow. Yeah, it would be interesting, but... Very different. I'm having such a disconnect. I can't figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, well, let's move on. What is your number one? My number one is a film
2: I mentioned earlier, House of Wax, 1953. Ah. This theater
1: is pleased to announce the opening soon of the most astounding motion picture since motion pictures began.
2: Yeah, it's a beautiful film. It really is. And it's kind of got a little bit of a fairy tale quality to it. You got Charles Bronson added in the mix. So there's another extra plus. He plays yeah. his mute assistant Igor. Uh, so big, big plus there. Uh, it's a remake of, of an earlier horror movie, uh, Mystery of the Wax Museum. From 33. This one, Price, he's not really doing the, the campy thing so much. It's a little, still a little bit more straightforward. But um, he's the owner of a wax museum that's burned down, and he's rebuilt it and come back and has a unique way of creating really, really lifelike wax figures.
0: A I guess it's okay way. to spoil it, you know. Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> it's it's pretty old movie, and everybody should have seen it. But spoiler alert! Of course, he's using dead bodies and covering them with wax and putting them mm-hmm. in his in his museum so um that, but that one is definitely probably my favorite and i think the memory of, of seeing it in the theater in 3d as a kid also probably is another reason why it's one of my favorites you know fine sure. memory of that and uh, but it's a really solid film
0: it is i mean it, it surpasses its 3d gimmick so quickly because it's such i mean it's a mystery story but you know like you said there's a fairy tale element to it it's one of charles bronson's Earliest film roles, isn't it? I mean, he wasn't mm-hmm. even calling himself Charles Bronson at the time. It was Charles uh, Bakinski. Yeah. Which, which may be his yeah. birth name. I don't really know. It's also got Carolyn Jones, Morticia. Mhm. I know. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got more than just price again. I'm sure it was terrible to be a co-star of price at anything, but uh, you know, they all hold their own and well, I don't know if it's as bad as being a co-star of props Cushing though.
2: who's uh, trying to steal every scene and one up everybody with, hey now. with whatever's hand, you know, Hey now,
0: <laughs> Hey now, our, 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 I know I asked earlier who would win in a fight between Cushing and price, but you keep this up. You and I might have to, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying who would win in a fight game green or, yeah. No, no, man. No, I, 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 I hear yeah. you. I hear you. I'll accept that. But <laughs> it's funny. Uh, but no, House of Wax is good. Now, the the original is a Fay Ray and Lionel Atwell production, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. a early early color film, which I think is great. Uh, it's Fay Ray doing her uh, scream queen thing, and uh, Lionel. The makeup is good. You know, at the end when yeah. she breaks away the face and and sees his his burnt up face. Speaking of you know face disfiguration or disfigurements. Neither one of us mentioned Dr. 5s I'm kind of surprised.
2: Yeah. Well, and I was talking to my son about this last night. It's there in my top 10, but for me personally, the reason why it's not one of my top three is only because Vincent really doesn't get a chance to use that voice and to emote emotionally like he does in his other films because he's, he's blank faced in it, you know, and he's speaking through the little wire in his neck and it's the monotone delivery and, I do really like the the setup and and just the overall horror feel of it because he's I mean he is reveling in the gore in this one and killing off people one at a time but really the movie where he does that and gets a chance to act better is uh Theater of Blood. Yep. Which is yep. almost the same as Fives it's just he's not a monster in it. He's just mm-hmm a spurned actor who is getting revenge on the on critics, which I love the idea of getting revenge on critics because so many critics are such assholes, man. That, <laughs> I mean, I, I think every actor out there probably feels like they would love to do this to some of their critics. Uh-huh. And uh, by all accounts, that's one of Price's favorite films was Theater of Blood. And that's one that a lot of people probably don't or haven't seen that they should. You asked me earlier about which one I would recommend. That's definitely on my list of must-see Price films. But yeah, the Fobs movies, that's the only reason why. I love the, the costume design. I love the mask that he wears. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just that, unfortunately, he doesn't get to emote in it enough for me.
0: Well, Theater of Blood, I think, wouldn't every actor really enjoy a role in which they get to go after their critics? I mean...
2: Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> Absolutely. And he gets to spout off Shakespeare, so he was chewing scenery in that one. Oh, you know, yeah. And... It's He was really having fun with that one.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we were talking in the very beginning of this about his voice and his narration. I would be remiss, and I'm sure I'll catch a little flack, if I don't mention uh, that he was one of the voices in the Disney film The Great Mouse Detective, which mm-hmm. – you know, I mean, my friend Scott, you guys have heard him on the show before. He's a huge Disney fan, does the Disney Indiana podcast. So I've got to mention that so that I keep Scott in my good graces.
2: Um. That was another one of uh, Price's favorite roles. It was Rattigan. Was that the name of the character? I believe so. I, you know, I I've never so. seen that movie, actually, but I think he played a rat in it. And I think the name, his name was Rattigan or something right. like that. But, uh, but yeah, I think he really enjoyed that one also. And uh, I remember seeing him a lot as a kid on... It would always seem like the episode would always replay of the Brady Bunch with him in it. What was he in the Brady Bunch? That.
0: No, I don't. I don't know if I have.
2: Yeah, he plays this. They go. It's in the episode where they go to Hawaii. The family goes to Hawaii. He's in the Hawaii
0: Bobby episodes.
2: Yeah, he's in. I, I think he comes in the very end of of the first episode and the beginning of of the second episode. He's a hermit in a cave. Wow. Yeah. So there's another one that I remember.
0: I mean, I think. I think everybody knows the Hawaii episodes. It's a little curse, a little tiki doll or whatever. But price yeah. is in that, huh? Yeah, funny. Awesome. Well, you know, I think Vincent Price is, you know, a legacy. He left a legacy in these movies and television appearances and, and such. Is there a Vincent Price today? Is there somebody out there now who's kind of taken on that mantle that you can think of? I I can't think of any, but No, no, certainly not. I mean,
2: for a while there people thought that that Johnny Depp was kinda gonna be, you know, the horror guy, but he's become a, a punchline now with overdone makeup and mm-hmm. just the whole I'm so over the Depp and Burton thing, you know, it's just I, I right. don't know. It's no, I can't think of anybody right now. I mean, there's a lot of actors out there who are pigeonholed into the horror shtick, but nobody with kind of the resonance of, of a price or a or a Karloff, you know. There's nobody out there that that I can think of that really. What about you? Can you think of anyone?
0: Well, I want to revisit the depth thing here in a second. But uh, what about like a Robert Englund type? I mean, he's got a distinct voice. You know, he's got a distinct face. He doesn't yeah. have the same gravitas, I suppose, that Vincent Price had. But yeah. I mean, and I, I mentioned this when I was doing my Rolling Stone re- reaction piece. I, I can't think of anybody post mid '80s anyway that is kind of immediately recognizable as a boogeyman. You know, because yeah. there's, there, I mean, there's a handful of them out there, but not in the mainstream, you know? I think Robert Engel yeah. is probably the closest we got, and that's about what, 25, I mean, 30 years ago.
2: Your current crop of, of actors who are making the scene were almost minor player actors who have been elevated. You know, your yeah. Bill Mosley's, your Sid Hagues, your Kane Hodder. You know, these guys are the ones that are, you're seeing in all the movies now. Uh, who are who are actors now? Tom Savini is an actor now. He doesn't. He won't even talk about his makeup stuff anymore. Good luck trying to get him to talk about that stuff. He won't do it. He just wants to t- be an actor. Be known as first and foremost as an actor, and that's fine. But it's kind of interesting that the current crop of guys. Those are the ones that are in all the horror movies now. But they weren't star level actors, right. you know, to begin with. And so, I don't know, man. I like Tony Todd a lot.
0: Oh, he's got, got a, a voice too. About him. Oh, and he's got he a voice. He has a great
2: voice. Yeah.
0: Although I bet if Tom Savini put out a cookbook, people would buy it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I bet he would. I bet they would. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned Depp. I don't know how solid this is, but at one point Depp was talking about remaking Dr. Fibes. What are your thoughts on
2: that? My thought is that Depp and Burton have picked every single movie that they adored as kids and are using their star power to remake them. And every one of them without fail is a disaster. I mean, it's always, every one of them, Planet of the Apes. Well, I mean, Depp wasn't in Planet of the Apes. But, I mean, look at all the movies that they've remade. They just, Dark Shadows. I mean, I don't care for any of it. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. And I cannot imagine Johnny Depp trying to pull off offensive price roll, You know, he just doesn't have the chops for it for it. But that being said, maybe that's the one that he could do because he would not have to act so much. He would not have to emote, but Holy shit. They've got to stop the stupid costume designs that they keep throwing. It's like they pick the most insulting and just downright garish costume design that they can possibly Force on depth, and they make him wear just this ridiculous makeup, and and he does that same little overacting thing with his, you know, mannerisms that, that it just ruins it for me. It's like I've seen this, you know, I saw Edward Scissorhands, and now you know you've done it in Charlie's Chocolate Factory. I'm on and on. I mean, it's just stop.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So if they could stick with the original. Costume design, maybe that would be one he could pull off. I think Depp's a great actor. Yes, and I think Burton can be a great director. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he's done anything I particularly care for in years, though. Big Fish was the last thing that I watched that I really went. Man, that was a really good film, and I've rewatched.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm not going to go back and rewatch Dark Shadows anytime soon. I just it's it took something that was serious and and dark and a gothic.
0: Right. No, Uh, I know what you mean.
2: You know, and and he turned it into this lighthearted, farcical comedy that just, I don't know,
0: it's just, man, it's not for me. (laughs) But we, we kind of went off the, the joy of Vincent Price. So I want to end on a high note. You know, I, I, yeah. I agree with you, though. I do agree with you 100%. I think Johnny Depp needs a mascara intervention. I think Depp and Burton <laughs> need to have a nice cooling-off period and, ha- and maybe break up a little bit for a little while. I, I would be down with that uh, because I Maybe
2: do. if Burton could do – or maybe maybe Burton needs someone to do with him – what Vincent Price had done in in Witchfinder General. Maybe someone needs to be right there on Burton's heels, and every time he starts doing his Burton, he'll say, stop it, you're doing it again. Stop it. And <laughs> smack him on the hand and make him do the serious, you know? I mean, could you imagine if Burton really tried to focus on doing a dark horror piece? Uh-huh. You know, be amazing. forget the camp, forget the schlock, make a scary damn movie, Tim. That would be awesome. He's a great director. Yep. I would love to see that.
0: Yep. <laughs> Stop it, Tim. You're doing it again, Tim. <laughs> 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 All right, man. Well, Vincent Price, I think Johnny Depp is no Vincent Price. Uh, I, I can't think of anybody who is filling the Vincent P- Price roles. Fortunately, he left us. Hundreds of hours of entertainment and films, and obviously, apparently, the Brady Bunch to enjoy. Uh, I tell
2: you, the actor I think it, yeah. it has the most gravitas that's working today is Anthony yeah. Hopkins,
0: and and
2: yeah. Hopkins maybe put him in a, in a price roll, see what happens. That that could be interesting.
0: Wow, totally different body types. I wow. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to imagine Hopkins with the with the little mustache. You know, this is- <laughs>
2: Uh, He can pull anything off.
0: Yeah, that's true. Okay, okay. So a House of Wax remake with Anthony Hopkins. What do you think?
2: I think I'd be down
0: for seeing that. Okay, better than the Paris Hilton one? Uh, Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Where the actual house is wax? I mean, really? Are you kidding me? The house is wax. Wow. Well,
0: it's right there in the title, you know, it's the House of Wax. (laughs) All right, man. So if people want to find you online, how do they do that? drgangreen.com and you've
2: got blogspot.com is my other that's what I was going
0: for and you've got books uh, Kindle books available on Amazon part of your 13 for 13 series yes been
2: writing, writing a series of 13 short stories during the year 2013, kind of a little personal project that I set up for myself just to see if I could do it. You know, 13 stories, is not a lot by writer standards. I know there's a lot of writers out there who turn out 13 stories in a month, but that's not me, you know? And so for me to do, uh, do one a month is, is about, about right, you know, and it's been fun. It's been interesting and not all of them were horror, interestingly enough. So, uh, but most are.
0: No, I mean, he's got some horror ones. You've got a nice little sci-fi time travel one. I've been enjoying what I've read so far. So I'm going to make sure there's a link to your Amazon Authors page as well in the show notes over it. at monsterkidradio.net. So people can check you out in multiple ways. You've got a YouTube channel. So you're all over the internet. People want to find you. You're not hard to find. Thank you, sir. And thank you for coming back to Monster Kid Radio, man. We'll have to have you back again. Anytime. And Just say the word. Next time, Amicus Films. We'll talk about Amicus. Amicus.
2: I Absolutely. All right. Big Amicus fan.
0: Well, I, I, I'm about to say something I don't think I would have ever thought I would say producing Monster Kid Radio. But I think when we're done recording, I'm going to go watch the Brady Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> To find out everything you need to know about Dr. Gang Green at drgangreen.com or of course go to monsterkidradio.net to follow the links to everything that he's got going on his writing, his short stories, the Vincentennial countdown that he did on his website a couple years ago and the link to the Coffin Daggers. We'll get to that here in a second but first I want to let you know that next week I think we're going to be visited again by Chris McMillan from The Shadow Over Portland. My plan is to discuss Godzilla with Chris. So Fingers and tentacles crossed that that's going to happen. If it doesn't happen, well, you know, we have other content that we can dive into. If there's something that you want to hear us talk about here on Monster Kid Radio, drop me a line, post it on Facebook, whatever. Hey, and don't forget our contest for the Matango Mini Bust by sculptor Tom Bigler. We talked about Matango with Tom in last week's episodes of Monster Kid Radio, and he has created a one-of-a-kind Matango MIDI bust to give away here on the show to a lucky listener of Monster Kid Radio. Here's how you enter. Email me at monsterkidradio at gmail.com. The name of another killer vegetable movie. You make it up. It could be about, well, honestly, I can't think of anything more evil and bent on world domination than a mushroom because, well, I can't stand them. But if you can come up with a scary vegetable monster movie title and maybe a line or two about what it's about, email me at monsterkidradio at gmail dot com with your name, your mailing address, and I'll throw you into the drawing for the the Tango Bus by sculptor Tom Beegler You'll get the minibus and a certificate of authenticity. The deadline for this contest is August 31st. We'll be announcing the winner in September. Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, a non-commercial, no derivations, 3.0 unported license. Of course, that does not extend to the song. The song is owned by the Coffin Daggers. It appears by permission of the band... It's a Borgo Pass from the album Monsters from the Dead. Talk to you next week.